0: glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now we're in the seventh chapter of Hebrews, and we're going to talk about Melchizedek. I think this is one of the subjects that a lot of people have questions about. In fact, I received a letter the other day with an individual that wanted to know about this Melchizedek, said what kind of individual was this? He didn't have a beginning, he didn't have an end, he wasn't born, he didn't die. Well, let's read into this in the seventh chapter, and we're going to talk about this because it is very evident that Melchizedek was a man, therefore he must have had a beginning and he had an end of life. But yet, from what the Scripture says, sometimes it's using him as a type. Uh, From the study that I've done and from what Dake's annotated Bible says, that actually this was a man and he was a type of Jesus. So in the Scriptures, there was not recorded where he came from or when he died. Now that does not mean that he was not born and it does not mean that he didn't die. Certainly he did because he was a man. He is a type of Jesus, and because he was a type of Jesus in the Scripture, then God just inspired the writers not to include these things or this information in the Scripture so that he could be shown as a type in the Scripture. Let's read from the seventh chapter of Hebrews. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, "...to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually." Now... You could look at this in that light and say, well, if this is literally speaking, then this man was never born and he never died. But we know that Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. He always existed. But this is speaking of a man. He is only a type of the high priest, Jesus, which would have an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, it was imperative that in the scriptures there would be no beginning or no end if he's going to be a true type in the scriptures. Now, most Bible scholars believe that. There are some that still hold fast to saying that this must have been Jesus himself. But I don't believe that, that you would get into a lot of theological problems there if you said that. But it says without father, without mother. That just simply means And this is what Dake says about it in running the references in the scriptures. We'll not take time to look at all of those. But this is what I consider the Bible is teaching because he was a man. Now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of his fall. Now you'll notice that Abraham paid tithes. Now this was 400 and something years before the law. Now somebody said tithing was just under the law. Oh no, tithing was back before then. Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of the brethren, though they come out of the lawns of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them receiveth tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. For without all contradiction, the less is blessed by the greater. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is written that he liveth. And as I may say, Levi also who received tithes paid tithes in Abraham. So you see, you always run it into people that are trying to talk theirself out of paying tithes. It was under the law. The law is done away with. It was fulfilled, so we don't pay tithes today. <laughs> but uh, it was done under the law, right? But it started way back before that. So it is a principle of the Bible, and I believe it's bring the first fruits of all thy increase. The first fruits of all thine increase. Now, quite often I have people ask me this question. I think it's good that... It'd be brought out here because many people are confused on the issue. I've had people to write me and people to call me and say, how do I pay tithes? What do I pay tithes on or give tithes? However you want to say it. Well, according to what I can determine from the scriptures, you pay on the increase. Now, there's several different ways you can figure that. Here it says a tenth. In fact, tithe means a tenth. So that is the least that we should give to God. Now, there's people that uh, have heard this taught in places, and I can see how it could work under certain situations and circumstances, that say, well, uh, to tithe, you're supposed to tithe on the whole gross amount that you make or you receive. Well, it depends on where you're coming from in that situation, because you take a man that's in business, that he's running a maybe a multi-million dollar business. Let's say that he does $10 million business in a year, but he's operating in a bad recession or something, and it cost him $12 million to operate. When well, I see he has no increase. Now, I know there are people that say, well, you've got to prey on the gross. Now, if he did, this man would owe a million dollars Ties when he lost $2 million in the year. Well, you can understand that that wouldn't work. And being a farmer and being in the farming business, I've been in similar situations where that I grossed maybe a quarter of a million dollars for as products I sold in a year's time. But yet I lost fifty or $60,000 in the process of selling that much. Now, somebody said, how do you do that? It's easy when you're farming to do that. So your tithe is on the increase. Now, that doesn't mean that when I lost money, I didn't give anything to God. Certainly I did. But I did not tithe on the gross. Because you can quite well see that you get in a bad situation there. In fact, I had a minister, a friend of mine, call me one time and said, I'd like to know about this tithing business. He said, I'm having troubles in the financial realm. And now, you know, I know that we all say this, and you've heard people say it. I've said it myself, but it depends on what direction you're coming from when you say it. You've heard, well, you can't outgive God. Now, you find some people that just give everything they have away. I've met a few people like it, not many, but a few. They just give everything away. Well, how are you ever going to prosper if you give everything that God puts into your hands away? Now, Paul said, don't muzzle the ox that treadeth the corn. God didn't say that because of the ox. (laughs) It wasn't the ox he was concerned about. He was talking about let a fellow be a partaker of what he does. In other words, God furnishes seed for the sower, bread for your food, and multiplies your seed sown. In other words, God wants you to use some of that. Now, I've seen people that just give everything away, and they could never prosper. Oh, they had fun giving, but they never had enough for their own benefit. Now, I'm not coming against that if that's what God tells you to do. But you see, what we're saying here, and the story that I started out on, and I want to finish, is that this minister called me and he said, what do I do? You know, he said, when I go on a meeting, he was an evangelist, he said, I take one-tenth of everything, offerings that come from that meeting, and he says, I put it aside into my tithing account, and that goes as tithe. He said, but I'm having trouble making it by doing that. He said, what am I doing wrong? I said, well, what about the expenses of the meeting? What about the expenses of travel? What about the hotel rooms? What about all of these other? Well, he said, you know, I tithe on the gross. Well, the proverb there says, you tithe on the increase, or you bring the first fruits of all thine increase. So the increase is what is to be paid on. And he said, well, you know, he said, I can see that now. But you see, there hadn't been a whole lot of teaching along that line. See, it's really wrong. Let me say something here. Uh, You probably won't hear this from many pulpits, so let me say it right here. It's wrong for you to take money that does not belong to you and give it away. Unless you have made arrangements. You see, now I'm not saying that it's wrong to go borrow money if God tells you and give it into the ministry, whatever. I have done that. But let's take, for instance, let's bring it down a little more specific. Take an individual that comes to a meeting maybe and he's got the money to pay the rent, but because there's such a plea made and they keep begging and pleading for money and for people to give and offerings and promise and everything under the sun if they give it, you know he ends up giving his rent money in the offering. Now, that rent money didn't belong to him. It belonged to the fellow that owned his house that he's renting his house from. That was not his to give. And I'll tell you, a lot of people getting in serious trouble over a situation like that. And here's the way people think. They think, well, now, you know, I'm going to give this to God and then God will have to perform. Now, you may be out on the street because you're violating something in the Bible there, even. Because you're giving away something that doesn't belong to you. Didn't belong to you. Belong to your landlord. Now, I know you don't hear much teaching like this, but it needs to be said because there's a, many people have gotten trouble in financial problems because of this very situation. And then there's people that don't know about tithing that teach tithing on the total gross. And I can understand that in certain situations. Where an individual that's capable and able to do that. I don't have any qualms about that if that's the way they want to do it. But I'm pointing out to you what the Scripture says and why there needs to be a balance in this thing. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, all of this week we have a CD offer number 7610. It's a faith seminar. This was done in a live seminar. It's six CDs. For $43 plus $7 postage and handling, a total of $50. A faith seminar. Now, you can listen to it in your car, wherever you are. You know, sometimes people don't have time to go to a seminar every night for six nights, but you can get these. We deal with faith as a substance of things hoped for. It's evidence of things not seen. Through faith, we understand the world. were framed by the Word of God we take you scripturally through the Bible to show you how that faith comes. Paul said, the word is nigh thee, it's even in thy mouth, then in thy heart. In other words, the confession of the word of God, when you get it in your mouth and speak it and proclaim it, it gets in your heart. Now, you can hear someone preach the word of God. It won't mean as much to you as it will if you hear your own voice proclaiming what God said in his word. So first it's in your mouth, then it gets in your heart. Once it gets abundantly in the heart, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So in this we take you on a scriptural journey through the Bible, pointing out how faith is to be used and how to activate the faith that you already have. You know, Jude said, Building up yourselves in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, what he's talking about is if you pray in the Holy Spirit, it will charge you up and cause the faith that's already in you to be available to do something. It's not saying that praying in the Holy Spirit gives you faith, but it builds you up in your most holy faith. Faith cometh by hearing the Word. That's offer number 7610 for a total of $50. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps.